and welcome to Blaze Bodies, Monday 29th of June. My name's Ben, and here on the line is Andrew. How are you, mate? I'm pretty good, mate. How about you? Yeah, I'm good as well. I've had a, a less interesting weekend than you, I think. You had your, you had your, your fake Glastonbury to stand in for fake the Glastonbury. Supposed, Yeah, I was supposed to go to Glastonbury this weekend, and obviously it's been postponed uh, due to... Covid nineteen. So uh, we, I went to my mate's house and just got battered basically all, all weekend, uh, watching the old highlights and stuff. And yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. Probably the highlight of my year. That's sad, that isn't it? Because there's nothing else like been going on. So it's truly an United awful... have not helped in that sense, have they? Oh, so. not, not in the last couple of weeks. No, uh, truly an authentic <laughs> Glastonbury experience there. Um, yeah, <laughs> except you presumably had access to. Uh, a flushing toilet, so well, flushing toilet, yeah. a real bed. Yeah, I might just do it <laughs> next year. In fact, <laughs> strong recommend. Right, let's talk about United. Um, another defeat yesterday out of the FA Cup against Arsenal by two goals to one. Another defeat, three in a row now. But oh, so much better. I don't know about you, but I actually, I actually enjoyed watching that. You know, I don't like seeing us lose ever, but no. I was like, oh, that was so much better than the last three games we played and. I don't know. I, I kind of said on this, you know, I wasn't particularly worried about uh, longer term implications of how we played in those previous three games. But at the same time, I was kind of <laughs> kind of ready for us to play a bit better. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely, um, I definitely felt like we did that yesterday. How about you? Yeah, I think I was slightly relieved, which sounds insane when you just lost to a last minute goal in an FA Cup quarter final. Yeah. But I, I was sort of relieved that we'd. I, I didn't think we had anyway, but. You never know, you know. We only know as much as everyone else, and we can stick up for them and say, "Oh, it's whatever circumstances." But I was quite relieved that we haven't turned completely rubbish overnight. <laughs> yeah, I know, and you know, it's another game without O'Connell as well. Um, and you know, I thought we, I thought we coped with that quite well this this mm. time. I mean, I'm definitely ready for him to come back, but yeah, yeah. I just thought, um, I just thought it looked it looked more normal. It wasn't. It wasn't great. I'm not going to, you know, uh, kid around. It would. It was not, you know, yeah. one of probably. We've probably played better than that ten or twelve times this season easily. Maybe maybe more, yeah. like fifteen yeah, yeah, or twenty yeah. times. But but it was quite good. You know, I enjoyed. Uh, I, I put on the S2 forum that I thought we looked like a Premier League side. Yes, exactly. And we we ran an Arsenal team pretty close. I mean, there's some some mitigation that you know it was a pretty well changed and injury affected Arsenal. But you know, we we looked. Terrible against, uh, I think it's two of the four worst defences in the Premier League in Newcastle and Villa. Mm-hmm. You know, we created absolutely nothing in, in those games. And yesterday yeah. we created quite a lot, actually. You know, by our standards, anyway, I would yeah. say, even if you, uh, you know, discount the disallowed goals, as you obviously, obviously should, we um, we created a lot of chances outside of that and scored a goal as well, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it counted. Three, <laughs> Three yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, just more generally, I don't know how much football you watch. Well, probably not a lot if you were watching... Uh, Glastonbury, I suppose, but it did feel a football was sort of slightly creeping back to normality this weekend. Um, well, I watched Wednesday Bristol before our game, and that didn't seem very good. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> um, only like the second round of Championship games, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. That is true. And I watched uh, City Newcastle uh, yesterday, and I watched a bit of Norwich Man United. Norwich Man United seemed like a proper cup tie from what I saw. I didn't see it all, mm. uh, but I saw the first half and the extra time, and I thought that looked like a proper cup tie. And I think Man City do that to Newcastle, whatever you know the crowd situation is. Yeah, indeed. So I'm I'm hopeful that uh, you know a few games in things are starting to look better. I mean Chelsea, Chelsea, Man City on uh, was that Wednesday night? Was I missed that one. I can't believe it. I didn't I didn't realize it were on. I thought the games were finished for the day, and I'm no. like, oh, 
<laughs> yeah, that was an absolutely fantastic game. And then it just, you know, it's just like Wolves, uh, Villa Wolves just felt like a normal Premier League game, you know, like it wasn't, you know, super exciting or anything. But... Well, Dean Smith, funny because you, uh, yeah, I've seen a few people say it was a decent game. Dean Smith came out and said it were a poor game because of the fatigue levels and stuff. But I've seen a few people say it was a decent game, but I don't yeah. know if he's just making excuses. I, I think he means that they were poor because Wolves, like, uh, yeah, really were the better team in that one. Right. Yeah, um, it's a strange first half still, still seemed to be a bit of a non event, but then games do get going in the second half and that was yeah that was definitely true yesterday of our game as well mm. um it's the first time we have outshot an opponent since the resumption which is uh very encouraging and yeah as i say we've created much much more uh than in all the three games combined yeah. up to now i've seen people i mean you know you get into the tactics and stuff later i've seen people say oh we went a lot more direct I, don't, I think that I think against Arsenal, that's a good tactic. I, I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with mixing it up. No, exactly. I, I sort of, and we'll we'll definitely come onto this with uh, with one player certainly. But yeah, yeah, it, it feels like we sort of just realised like, hey, this is working. Let's keep doing this. Um, yeah, than... I love Steve McManaman. We'll get onto him as well. I'm <laughs> jumping ahead here, but it's just based. I mean, the Paddy Power tweet. If anyone's seen it, it's brilliant. Where they say Sheffield United played really good football all season. Then it like Steve McManaman. Just get it forward, bang it forward, do what you normally do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we we didn't really get the, uh, you know, Basham barely got forward, did he? And we, we actually had very little down the right-hand side. Yeah, Baldock really sort of subdued in an attacking sense, I thought. That was strange, though. Again, again, kind of jumping ahead a bit. Um, Kieran Freeman came on for Baldock in the mm. 62nd minute. Um, Baldock had touched the ball 22 times. In an hour, only right. five of which were in the final third, uh, which is that's incredible for him. It's, yeah, yeah, that's going to be the lowest of the season. I think it probably has. Yeah, I mean, I went back and looked at the Man U one, and all right, he played ninety minutes in that one, but we were like on the back foot constantly, and he had uh, yeah. he had fourteen final third touches in that game. So, yeah, that, that I, is pretty poor. Yeah, so we, you know, we we weren't. Uh, when I say we were better, I don't. We we looked a slightly different adjusted side. I thought in terms of mm. how we were committing men forward, but it did work. You know, that's a game we very easily could have won with with better finishing and certainly with um, well better decision making in our own box, shall we say? Yeah, um, yeah in both boxes, in fact. Well, yeah, exactly. So we we did take the lead, obviously, from uh, an offside goal, which was a. A correct decision. Um, McBurney heads it across. Still annoying, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is, because I, yeah, I just thought, like, yes, finally, something good's happened. And then, I don't know, did you have a sense that it was offside immediately, like, in real time? Not, not real. I mean, I, I, I didn't, because I thought the commentator had picked up on it earlier than he did, if you know what I mean. Because mm. we scored. And he said, it's 1-0, John Lundstrom, fourth of the season. And I thought... Surely they said, oh, there's a hint or offside there. Obviously, we had, I don't know. We were clearly offside, but it, it's still that sort of... I mean, it's, I don't know why it took so long for him to disallow it again, to be honest. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, yeah. McBurney heads it across, and it does... It deflects off, uh, it might be Mustafi's head, I think, but obviously McBurney mm-hmm. had played the ball, and yeah, as you say, um, Lundstrom is, is half a body offside, or, or slightly more, he heads it into the net, but it is disallowed. Maybe this is a good point to bring up Paul Tierney, actually, the referee... Um, who was obviously <laughs> obviously the VAR official for the Aston Villa game between us and Villa last week, uh, who uh, essentially messed up by um, not informing the referee that a mistake had been made uh, with yeah. the goal that was not given. I, it's not a good look that he was refereeing us like 10 days later. I mean, no. that... 
I mean, as far as, you know, uh, officials are concerned, there is no controversy, is there? You know, the, he, the right decision was made at Aston Villa. The right protocol was followed and on with the show. But I just thought that's... I don't know. It, it just seems I mean, short-sighted. People were picking off about it before, and then he puts in a display like he did yesterday, and it, and and obviously the conspiracy theorists are out. I, it's nothing to do with that. I thought it were an awful display for both sides. Mm, yeah, you obviously uh, tweeted out some uh, strong words about his, his very strong, very mardy words after a match. Yeah. Just, <laughs> do, you, uh, do you want to I, expand on your thoughts here? Yeah, I just thought. I mean, he gave every. It was such a stop-start game, and it didn't need to be. And you know, the one thing that Steve McManaman did get right in the commentary is like saying, well, hang on, he's not being touched. I mean, he kept bringing it up for us more than ourselves for some reason, but it was it was just like such basic refereeing being conned errors, weren't they? Mm. That, you know, that, I mean, from, I mean, even us in the set, they were, we got a foul, uh, I think it was a one, one nil maybe to them, where their player went through and, and he sort of like ran into Egan a little bit and he, we got a foul. It would never been a foul. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it were appalling. I thought it was stop-start refereeing. Not just, I don't know. I don't know why they have to get involved as much as they do like that. Nobody wants to see a game like that where every little sort of minor challenge is getting blown up. And I I just thought it was pathetic refereeing. Yeah, there were some really baffling ones. I mean, they're probably the, uh, you know, cherry on the cake was that free kick it gave against Fleck right at the end of the game where... Fleck, oh. Fleck jumps and wins a header, and in doing so, ends up uh, his back ends up making contact with Sabalas, um, and it yeah and he goes down. And uh, despite having won the header like pretty clearly, and then you know made contact afterwards, it's a it's a free kick to Arsenal, and that's essentially the end of the game. And all our players were just stood there like. What are you on about? Like, yeah. How have you arrived have you, at this? I mean, obviously, you've been watching Bundesliga and stuff, and you, I think you probably watch more European football than I do. Is the refereeing in this country worse than anywhere else? Or mm, I your... don't know. I, I, I don't really feel like I can comment on that in terms, like, yeah. fairly anyway, to be honest. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I will say it's pretty rare. I've, I, I haven't watched any Bundesliga games where I've gone like, this referee is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> like, he yes. hasn't got a grasp of what's going on at all. And, I don't know. Maybe if you're not an Arsenal or a or a United fan, yesterday you don't really care and don't really think that much. You probably think it's just a, a slightly curious performance, but nothing. I don't. Did you see Henry Winter's tweet? I didn't actually. What was that? Henry Winter put like Sheffield United unlucky, blah blah blah. Uh, well done to Arsenal though for being resilient. Some absolutely baffling decisions on display though <laughs> from the referee. So I think like you know the people who've like watched the game properly, like in the journalist sense and stuff, will probably all coming out and saying, what was that all about? But I know what you mean. You were just watching it as a, almost like in, a, in the background and not really got invested in it. You're probably mm-hmm. not, it's not, it's not a, an awful refereeing display in the sense that he missed the goal that went over the line, for instance, uh, yeah. like against Villa. But I just thought it were absolutely abysmal. And following on from the, the, the nonsense in the VAR box and stuff where he, he didn't step in, I just think, yeah. I don't think he's got anything against us. I think he's a rubbish ref. Yeah. Um, Maybe a good point to sort of bring up the, uh, and I think you did you did tweet this as well actually. Um, refereeing without a crowd there, mm. oh, this game would have been different with a full Bramall yeah. Lane. Like, oh, unbelievably so. I mean, I think the penalty decision because obviously, match you get text through, don't you? And it were a dubious one. Whichever I, I've seen United fans on, you know, I can see from both sides about the penalty. I get onto it obviously, but I think. People would have been getting texts saying, I've just watched the replay and that is really dubious and that, that all spreads around and stuff and then he gets on the referee's back. And yeah, I mean, they are human beings and they are, if they're getting that much stick and that much, you know, sort of pelters at them, they are probably going to be 
making different decisions than they do with no crowd. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's uh, like actual research done on that that does show that a lot of home advantage comes from mm. um, uh, officiating, basically. Uh, I'd argue that our season changed last season from the Derby game onwards because of the crowd. I mean, in terms yeah. of the, the atmosphere at Bramall Lane from that game onwards were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it is a really good point. I mean, I, I think the other thing is, you know, it seems like we're done with the whole, like, leave the pitch by the nearest touchline thing for subs as well, you know. Mm. Now that there's no crowd there to put pressure on, that's like, seems to have gone out the window. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's, I really noticed this yesterday. There's absolutely no hurrying up of players to take throw-ins or restart the game or anything like that. Like, no. and, and, I mean, and that's, that's so revealing to me that it is just, that's how important a crowd can be in terms of, stopping time wasting because officials just well Tierney yesterday I don't want to tell all officials with the same brush but he just yeah. did not care I mean Willock Willock was like comically slow taking throws did you notice this in like yeah, even yeah. bending I mean, like really like... slow motion to pick it up and oh it's so bizarre we were shouting just like what get on with it do you know what I mean and then I was out fuming with the ref yesterday so, again not just because of the decisions from us like uh, there was just like I was laughing out loud at some of the foul. the one where Basham went down and I'm like what is he doing? Like, why is he blowing for that? What? Just absolutely awful refereeing yesterday. Yeah, was that that one? Uh, McBurney just bundled one of their guys into the dugout, basically, yeah. didn't he? And he gave us a throw in. Or yeah, something. he gave us a free air. Yeah, I forgot about that. One. Yeah, that was an amazing one. That yeah, that was yeah. clearly a foul. No, nope, throw in. What? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was a weird one. And as I say, the. Um... I think the atmosphere. I mean, regardless of whether it would have influenced the referee, uh, the atmosphere would have just been. Uh, ferocious, I think, frankly, after mm. after that penalty award. Because yeah. I mean, even we, we can jump to that now. Even in real time, I mean, I would have been doing my nut if that had been awarded, and I'm not totally sure it would have been if mm. there not been any fans. If there was some fans there, because yeah. it's so soft. I mean, all right, look, Basham makes a dumb decision to go in range of making contact with him, and he does make contact with him, and uh, Lacazette throws himself in the air into the floor. It's it's such an obvious buying of a penalty. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, there's enough contact that VR are never going to overturn it. But yeah, just... uh, technically, it's a pen. And this is the, the argument what I've seen people have. I've seen other people say, you know, it's, it, it were never a pen. Other people say, well, it was a pen. Technically, it was a pen. It's just the softest pen that I don't think... I think what the, the, the annoyance comes from, maybe, is that would we have got that? Yeah, I'm sure they didn't show a replay of this and we didn't appeal, but I'm sure McBurney did the same thing in their box about 10 minutes later... And just, you know, they just cleared it and nothing happened. I don't know if you remember that. It was like... I can't, to be honest, no. He sort of controlled it and then there was a bit of a, a clash and he went down and, um, yeah, the ball got cleared. And I'm sort of going, you know, that's the same thing, basically. You know, he's just he's just not sold it as well, but, you know... I listened to Talk Sport half-time and they were saying if they give a pen- penalty for that, um, there's going to be, like, 15 penalties every match. And that's a common thing that people say. But it is true because it was just a knock in the box. You know, technically, yeah, he's right. He, he, did, he does touch him and the mm. ball's gone. But... How often do we see that happen? <laughs> yeah, and you know we've had what one penalty this season, I think something like that. Yeah, I mean, one I, you penalty. Know, yeah, I think there's been a few a few clearer ones that have not gone our way. So yeah, and it was it was kind of doubly frustrating because we'd been good up to that point, like you know yeah. easily our best half an hour or whatever of uh, the resumption. You know, um, uh, I think it was actually Jack Robinson had our first proper chance where yeah, with um, a shot, yeah, yeah, McGoldrick kind of did a bit of a, a bit of a shimmy, laid it off to him, and um, I think it was like half blocked, wasn't it? 
Um, I thought he was about yeah, to yeah. write his name, write his name in lights there, Jack Robinson, but yeah. deflected wide. We had that long throw in that got flicked on, and McGoldrick couldn't oh, quite turn it in. Yeah. yeah, we'd obviously had the disallowed goal as well. You know, we were looking dangerous from basically every set piece and throw in at this point, and then yeah, just this this out of nothing suddenly Arsenal have a penalty, and yeah, Pepe just kind of um, strokes it into the corner. There was a weird thing that McManaman was saying about. I, mean, this, I think I texted you this. I was like, this is just classic McManaman where he just he just makes something up in his own head and then present, and then he's like, he's decided that that's actually happened. So he was saying that he was saying that Henderson went over to the bench afterwards when they had the drinks break, and he was like yeah. arguing with someone, and so it must have been that they decided that Pepe was going to go one way, and then he went the other. Or something. You've just made that up. You can't like yeah. you can't just lob that out there as fact. Henderson went like, the right way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's a really good penalty. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, Pepe makes it one 0 and then Arsenal really probably could have put the game away. I think we Pepe... lost his way for a good fifteen minutes after this, which again yeah. I, I think is down to confidence more than anything else. You've had another disallowed goal, a, a dodgy penalty. Every, we all thought everything's gone against us again, and, and the players' heads are already down to a certain degree. And I'm not that surprised that they took control after that. Yeah, Pepe had that good run and shot that uh, Henderson did well to turn away. I yeah. think he put one wide as well, don't it? It was pulled back. I'm pretty sure it was Pepe. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, I, I and thought, then he put it to the that were in that one, yeah. Yeah, and 2 0, that's, uh, that's a long way back when you haven't scored a goal that's uh, counted for three and a half games yeah. up to that point. Um, but second half, we were a lot better, I thought, um, and caused them a lot more problems. That said, I still was just sat there going, like, what have we, what have we done wrong in the in the pandemic? Yeah. Like, we seem cursed. We had the um, Egan has the ball in the net, which gets disallowed for McGoldrick being yeah, offside. Yeah, not even him being offside. Yeah, yeah. Although I suppose if he just volleyed it in himself the first time rather than scuffing it onto McGoldrick's foot, <laughs> yeah, then uh, then it would have counted. Um, and then Basham, Basham mate, did not have a good yeah, day, yeah. did he? Uh, oh. Yeah, I Jack. Can't believe it. I were up. I thought he's almost in the net. <laughs> yeah, as soon as the cross came in, you know, you just sort of just thinking it's a goal. It was a bit like the sharp goal against uh, Norwich. Like as it yeah. comes in, you see, you see a man's got a bit of space, and you know Basham's not terrible in front of goal, is he? He's, no, you know, no, he does no, tend no, to stick no. him away. Um, but yeah, Robinson sends in an excellent cross. Um, you know, did some good stuff with his. Uh, with his throws, but this was with his mm. foot, and uh, yeah, I just thought it's going to be a goal. Basham somehow heads it wide from inside the six-yard box, and yeah, just sort of thinking like it's just, it's just not happening, is it? Like, it cuts Wilder after that chance, and he just sort of, it was just so straight-faced. It was just as if I can't really shout at him because they're playing well, but <laughs> my God, how's he missed that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, what, one other thing that we I kind of jumped ahead of here, I suppose, is that um, Lundstrom went off with. Uh, well, it looked like a, I don't know, possibly a dislocated shoulder, something like that. It looks pretty serious, doesn't it, to be fair? Yeah, if it's just dislocation, well, I suppose with the shortness of the season to come, yeah, he probably will be. Have out we got anyone else on that right-hand side? Osborne, I suppose, could come in. Go on, he's left, isn't he? Sorry. Footed, yeah. yeah. No, it's just probably just the man who did indeed come on, I suppose. Yeah, uh, that's, or... that's going to be interesting then. I mean, we could, uh, Kieran Freeman's played there before a couple of times, but it's not ideal, especially with Besic going back. Yeah, yeah I was just about to say, yeah, Besic would have been, well, he, he might have been in first-choice replacement for all Yeah, that. yeah. Well, yeah. I know, to be honest, if he's still here. But yeah, Lundstrom went off injured in the first half. Sander Berger comes on for him. Uh, we will definitely talk about him in more detail, but he was very, very good down the right for sure. Was. Um, we that, that was almost Basham's last uh, action, that header, because he went off for Sharp and we 
changed shape somewhat. We went to a back four uh, and we had McGoldrick playing behind Sharp and McBurney. Mm. And um, an equaliser finally arrived in the 88th minute, I think it was. It was from a Robinson long throw. Arsenal, absolute mess at the back. I think it's, is it Kalasinac? I think he volleys it against his own man. Yeah. And it rebounds to McGoldrick who sticks it away. McGoldrick suddenly lethal in front of goal. In his yeah, last, yeah. Two and like three. Two and three, I think, yeah. Or two yeah. and four, maybe. What a player. I don't think it was his best game, McGoldrick. I've seen a few people criticise mm. him. I understand it. it. Especially first half, everything he did just weren't coming off. But if you remember, it was him who actually set the throwing up with that little brilliant bit of skill he did. Oh, that sort of pirouette. And then he yeah, it was him who that that sort of created. He deserved that. I mean, and I do think he gives us that. Even though when he's not playing brilliant... Is an extra, but we controlled. We were more in control of the game, should I say? I won't say we controlled the game, but we were more in control of the game than we have been without him. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we, yeah, we had way more touches in the box than Arsenal did as well. I think we, mm-hmm. um, you know, slightly less possession, but as I say, more more shots, more shots inside the box, higher xG. Definitely, definitely more grasp of the game than we've had since yeah, the result. Yeah. And, and you know, you should. I said that about Arsenal being changed. They're still a good Arsenal team, you know. Like they have a lot of really good players, and um, yeah. So I think it was, uh, uh, you know, from McGoldrick certainly it was a, a decent enough performance that got better. I thought, and yeah, as you say, I, I really just think we are better when he plays, and yeah, finding that replacement for him. I, is... I read in a thread yesterday on S two again where they were talking about it was the best partnership and stuff. And for me, it's McGoldrick and another. Mm. I think he has to play. Maybe I'd love to get another version of him, if you know what I mean. Sort yeah. of. Because he's, I mean, he's had his injury problems with other clubs, and in this season, he's been—I won't say he's been a—it's not been a, you know, it's not been a, a massive issue with his injuries. He's just been injured for a little bit. But mm. I'd love it. It's hard to ask him to play every game, but I think we're possibly what we need. Yeah, I think I, can't, I think you might have sent him me, but there's you know sort of done a breakdown of like mm. uh, all the games split, all the games for us this season split by strike partnership that started and. Yeah, when Musa and McGoldrick have started, that has coincided with a lot of our better performances. And... Which does not surprise me, because when Musa is on fire or on form, as he was for that, what, month or so or whatever it were, yeah. and McGoldrick's, you know, is playing the deep role, that is a perfect combination. And I thought McBurney were fantastic yesterday. We'll, we'll get on to him, obviously. But it, it does work a bit better, obviously, when you've got that explosive pace, which we don't have other than Musa. Yeah, for sure. Um, nice finish by McGoldrick. I know, it's, I know it's close range, but, you know, he has to make a... A quick adjustment to uh, you know sort his body out and, uh, and volley it in and mm. you know frankly that's something he's not done well this season at all like no. too, almost freakishly poorly so yeah good uh, good for he him. He had a good run at the end of last season didn't he with goals so hopefully this will you know I mean I know it's been a massive gap between his last goal but in terms mm. of games that he's played it's actually only you know like we say he scored two and three so hopefully he's got a bit of confidence behind him. Yeah, I just oh, I still want to get that Premier League goal. He so deserves it. He does. Just he does. He's played this season so. Hopefully that's to come in uh, in just a few day, few days time maybe. But um, yeah, that equalised uh, late on. As I said, we we were playing this kind of. Um, it wasn't really a four three three. Is probably a bit of a stretch. Is it like a mm, what four three one two something like that or a yeah four one two one two the old sort of Duffy role that McGoldrick were in, weren't it? Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, and we kept pushing. I, so this is an interesting one, right? So it's one all. Obviously, we get stung a few minutes later in injury time mm-hmm. with uh, Sabalas giving a, giving mm-hmm. Arsenal the the win. I'm kind of okay with that, like that we we kept playing. I yeah. think if it's a league game, we just you know we just take a point, don't we? Yeah, we, yeah, we... yeah. And you understand it late, late finish. You know, a late uh, equaliser. 
take your point is is what you didn't think you were going to get you know for for the first 85 minutes could get I, i'm absolutely i'd have been disappointed if we'd have gone back to what we what you know the the 352 or whatever yeah, I, I liked I liked rolling the dice in that situation. You yeah, know, it's a, I mean, you know, the workshop just before, you know, exactly. other day, good, good save from the keeper, to be fair. Yeah, well, that, that's it. it. It was working, wasn't it? You know, that, yeah. we, we'd shifted to that formation and, yeah, we were getting we were getting round the sides of them and into the box quite easily. And, you know, they had absolutely no answer to our set pieces as well. So, you know, having that extra extra body up there to win set pieces was, was working. So, yeah, I was, uh, I was good with it. I mean, you know... If you go a bit more defensive, then you go to extra time, and that's an that's another thirty minutes, and you might lose anyway because you know Arsenal have superior technical quality players. Yeah. Um, I guess as we saw with the winning goal. So yeah, this is. I mean, you kind of touched it earlier, but that's kind of why I'm not that disappointed because you know in conceding a late goal, if you like, so like well, that was the that was the game plan was to we've yeah. equalised, let's win it now, like let's win yeah. it as quickly as we can, and this is a this is our best chance to win it right now. So. Yeah. yeah, and we were on top, and I, I thought they, were, they only looked like one winner. And we, you get games like that where they've gone up the other end. You know, we're, we're out of position, terrible defending, and, terrible, and bad goalkeeping as well. To be fair, for the goal, but in terms of like how the 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 attack came about, it's basically three individual errors, isn't it? It's a bad touch, obviously from Fleck, and then Stevens is uh, Robinson doesn't deal with it, and then Stevens, and then Henderson as well. That's mm. nothing to do with tactics for me. <sighs> I, I think that's all true. I think there is also. Uh, an element of shifting to that back four probably did make yeah. a difference because I mean, it, my first reaction was like, "Oh, there's a huge Jack O'Connell-sized hole <laughs> right where that goal has taken place." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and my initial, my other initial reaction was like, "Oh, Ender, what are you doing? Like, it's so obvious that the guy's about to run past you." But he, uh, he obviously that felt looked awful from Ender Stevens. To yeah, fair. I mean, I, I don't pin it all on him to be honest. Cause, no, uh, no, no, it's just how it looked. He looked yeah, like yeah, he- yeah. We got sent for a burger, didn't I? <laughs> for a standard burger. I sent for a pie. Well, I don't know what the phrase is. But... <laughs> yeah. for, for some item of fast food. Um, <laughs> Norwood doesn't track the runner. Robinson's uh, really far across to the middle of the goal. There's just a huge gap there. So it's, you know, I think it's just like, it's a bunch of things in it. You know, we, we're reorganised because we've changed formation. Uh, Robinson's in an unfamiliar. You know, he's only just getting used to playing in a three with us, and yeah. now we've now we've shifted him into a into a back four. Stevens doesn't have that relationship there yet. Um, you know, it's the last minute of the game. There's an element of fatigue. Bad goal to concede, but um, I don't know. It, it wasn't like uh, the first Newcastle goal, for example. Oh. He just completely missed it. And uh, yeah, as you say, Henderson. I don't know. Not. Um, I don't think that was a very good decision to come charging out like that. You know, it's. It's a narrow angle, um, and it just—I don't want to say that's the only way Sabala uh, scores, but it certainly made it easier for him, I think, to come come charging out like that. And yeah, we didn't have anyone it went in slow motion. It felt like I had my head in my hands for about twenty minutes as <laughs> that little move was going on. To be fair, like oh, no. as soon as Stevens didn't follow the runner, yeah, I knew we'd conceded. It's so bizarre, but I, I just knew. Like I was like, oh no, Ender, like this, this is going to be the winner, yeah. and yeah, slides it into the net. Probably remiss to not point out that Fleck was uh, legged up in the build-up to this as well. Yeah, I, to be honest, people say that should have been overturned. I think that's. A, I think if that happens the other way, we're going mental if that gets overturned. I agree with you. I think it's. Uh, I think it could easily have been given as a free kick, but it. Does yeah, also at look the time like... if it gives it. I think you think, oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's a foul. But to to re. You know, to go back, I think that'd be. Imagine if that had happened towards a conspiracy <laughs> galore, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would. Uh, 
that would not have been pleasant. So yeah, it's you know it's a kick in the teeth, but um, yeah, I I wasn't exactly like devastated by it. I no. don't think. Just I'm just happy that we you know look like our normal selves again. I think. I mean. You know, it's it's almost like not playing in thirty degrees heat is a good thing and and helpful for us. And I guess also having a few minutes in the legs now as well. I mean, you know, I kind of possibly semi optimistically said that football looked a bit more normal across the whole yeah. league this weekend. It may just be that we're we're getting towards match fitness now. I guess that will. I think well, I said last week. I think we'll get better as it goes on. We've got hard games. That's not necessarily said we're going to go on an amazing run. Mm. But I think the performances will get better, and that's all you can ask for. I think realistically i don't think we've got any chance of europe or anything like that so for me it's just about trying to get some confidence levels back for next season now yeah and uh and you know try try out a few things yeah you know, really uh really find out what your squad is made of i suppose and, well, there, uh, I've seen a few criticisms obviously about we've not played freeman or Rob, uh, osborne basically at all have we since we've come back uh and fleck and uh stevens have been way out of form Possibly a time for them to come in now, I think. I reckon that, you know, I mean, I understand what Wilder's doing. You want your players to play through that bad spell and mm. get, you know, because the only way they're going to get the confidence back is by having good games. So I get it, but I don't know. I think it'd be harsh if we don't see more of Luke Freeman and Ben Osborne in the next, what is it, eight games to go or whatever? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I broadly agree in terms of, yeah, I would like to see more of them. Um, I do think Fleck... I think Fleck just looks a game behind, to be honest, which he, does. he is. He starts badly, doesn't he? He does start badly. When he comes back from injuries, he has a couple of bad games before. Yeah, yeah. Um, he obviously is a game behind everyone else. Um, so I I don't want to see that rotation yet. I want him to play uh, play on Thursday, fitness for I, me. And I will stick up for Wilder, because again, I've seen people say, end of season's out for Fleck's out for him, should have changed it. We've already changed O'Connell. That's mm. the entire left-hand side being completely changed. If you put, even if you use one of them, that's two out of the three you know, of that of that sort of triangle of people who normally link up in you know, O'Connell, Fleck and uh, Stevens mm. to, a, you know, m- remove two of them. And you've lost a massive thing of what has made us good all season. Yeah, which we've, we've seen in the League Cup. It doesn't work. It looks yeah. terrible. Yeah. Everything falls apart when you make that many changes. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, let, let's take a very quick break and then we will talk about a few individual performances in some more detail. Quick break to tell you about a brand new sponsor of BlazePod. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean, and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections on your shoes. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service. So wherever you are in the country, you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. I should also mention Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans. They've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers or if you have a Wednesday fan in your life that you think needs cheering up, which is probably all of them to be honest, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair and give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That's glisteningkicks.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. 
And we're back. And uh, yeah, there's. Well, I have three players from United that I want to uh, particularly talk about. I, I'm guessing you're probably quite similar. Um, who do you want to start with? I think the the, the standout, maybe not the best player, but the biggest improvement's got to be Sander Berger, hasn't it? That was the most exciting of uh, yesterday's mm. performances. I think in terms of like, oh hello, <laughs> you know, this is yeah. this yeah, is what we've signed. <laughs> I think he was fantastic in terms of how forward he got as well. Which we, mm. I did say actually before the game, and this is not in hindsight. Uh, you can you can ask my mate, sir. <laughs> I did say this, but I said it might be a good game for him because Arsenal are not renowned for the pressing, are they, or anything like that? They're, they're not. They were a bit sort of. They don't dive into tackles. They're not aggressive and stuff mm. like that. And I thought he might get a little bit more time uh, against Arsenal. And I, I, I think he's so comfortable in possession. And it's, for me, it's just simply about getting up to the pace of the Premier League, and surely that'll come. Yeah, what was kind of interesting was for me was, you know, we, we've sort of been saying like, oh, you know, he's been shunted into this right-hand midfield role. It's like, that's not his game, that's not his game. He's never played there. You know, he's more of a, a deep-lying midfielder. And then, of course, he, he is at a necessity slotted into the right-hand mid, right side of midfield. And it looked absolutely fantastic. Like, yeah. he's easily his best showing for us. Just every facet of his game yesterday was really, really good. Um, and, and just... Yeah, exciting in terms of like this is this is what we saw in those YouTube highlights. You know, this is yeah. the guy who can uh, can press and win the ball, can can carry it, can break lines with his passing, can you know play the simple ball when he needs to, be a bit of a, a defensive shield. But I just thought things like things that we've not really seen from him, like the way he pressed the ball as well. Like you know, he was sprinting to close down their defenders in, and even their goalkeeper at times, like. Really good to see. He did look. He looked, you know, much more up to fitness than we've seen. I really him. want a pre-season from him, and I don't know how much we're going to get. I don't mm. know how quick the turnaround will be. Obviously, till next season. Obviously, no one knows what's going to happen. I just think that if we can get him on the training ground, he's not a Musa figure where, you, you know, people have like questioned Musa's attitude and stuff like that. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know for a fact that that's not the case with Berger, don't you? It's, it's simply just the case of him trying to, you know, get getting his fitness levels up and getting used to our system. Just, I'd love like a, a six weeks preseason with Berger, you know, and, and getting into how we play properly. Yeah, that's it. Which it's not... we could use this actually coming up as sort of a mini preseason in a weird way. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's not that he's it's not that he's unfit, is it? It's like his own. No, his sorry, own no, well, the... I'd, sorry. I mean, like, so fitness is the wrong word. Sorry, I mean, like, no, no, so... I, I understand what you I understand what you mean. I'm just making sure that uh, everyone else understands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I don't mean he's unfit, but it's 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 a lot faster. He said himself, yes. and we, we were we were surprised that he said that, weren't we? In yeah, it was his first game, game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's going to take time. And I think he's coming into a team at the moment as well, which has got not the same as the one pre-lockdown, in, just purely in terms of confidence, if nothing else. Mm. And it's people taking second touches. And Wilder mentioned it after that. You can tell we're not as free-flowing best because people are second-guessing themselves all the time. And I think we saw that on a few occasions. So it's difficult for him in the sense they're coming into that as well. But, yeah, I'm excited after that. Yeah, that's no, a really good point actually about the uh, the performance levels of the team overall. It's not we're not dropping him into a you know a, a peak Sheffield United team at the moment, are yeah. we? I mean, and we weren't when he initially signed as well because our I would say our pre-lockdown performances were were good, not great, generally yeah, speaking. Yeah, we, we grinded results out, and this is what I argued with someone online about this actually. I'm, I think we're on S two again where I said that <clears throat> I don't think the Newcastle Man United apart, I don't think Villa away, for instance, or yesterday, are that much different to how we were playing pre-lockdown. We yeah. grinded a few results out, but on another day we probably wouldn't have won. Palace away, for instance. 
Mm. On another day, we concede one of the goals, and Benteke had a great chance, didn't they, just before we scored. We lose that. Every game was sort of in the balance, weren't they? They were all Mm. tight games. Yeah, I think uh, Villa were very similar uh, to that. I don't. I think it were a poor performance, but I don't think it was that different to the Palace performance, personally. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was promising stuff from Berger. You know, I'm not trying to dress this up as like the greatest performance from a midfield I've ever seen, but you know, it's exciting to see him at the kind of levels that we hoped he would get to, yeah. like in <clears throat> the rest of this season. So, yeah, good stuff. I mean, there's a couple of moments he just. You know, he just picked it up outside our box, and then in fact, he um, he takes it on the turn, doesn't he? A defender, yeah. uh, a defender comes up and presses him, and he just holds him off with his arm. And it was just—I mean, I think I was laughing watching it. Just like that was beautiful. Just this yeah. defender's trying to win the ball off him, and he's just holding him off like a, you know, like an adult holding, <laughs> like holding their kid at bay. This is going to be. Please don't clip this and take it out of context. He actually reminded me a lot of Pogba in a way. In terms of the strength that Pogba, you know, he can't knock Pogba off the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's on his when he when he's on his game, that's what he sort of reminds. He's bigger than everyone else on the pitch, pretty much. Yeah. He needs more aggression and stuff like that. But he reminded me of that sort of Pogba's quite slow in 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 what he does. But it, when he's at his peak, it's for a good reason. You know, he's completely yeah. in control. And I thought that's what Berg was like yesterday on the ball. Yeah. Uh, really, really good. I'm excited to see him again on Thursday. Um, and yeah, he just seems like such a nice lad as well, doesn't he? He did. Did you see the interviews uh... after? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, Wilder after said that his long term position is going to be in the Norwood role, which is not a surprise, but maybe a bit of a kick up the backside to Norwood, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I don't know. Norwood's what. Um... Actually, no, for some reason, I always think Norwood is older than he is, but what is he? Is he he seems three? to have been around since like 1993. No. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's only. Tw- is he 29? Yeah, he's only 29, yeah. In fact, he's only just 29, turned 29 yeah. a couple of months ago. But, but he's never um... at his pace or anything, so I don't think he'll yeah. be. You know, I think he's. I, I, I think I can still see him being here, you know, in, in two or three years. Yeah, definitely. He's obviously just signed that new contract as mm, well. Um, I mean, we talked about it when uh, with Jay actually when um, when he did sign Berger that we may well have those two uh, playing at the same time in a similar position. Berger that is, and, uh, and Norwood. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. But very encouraging. Hopefully, uh, well, I'll just be watching with kind of added interest on Thursday, I suppose, because yeah, you've got to figure that Lundstrom won't be playing in that game at the very least, and that means yeah. Berger will be back in the side in that position. So, yeah, I'm very interested to see if he uh, if he carries that on. Um, let's talk about... Uh, actually, let's talk about Jack Robinson, because we kind of mentioned it a few times already. A lot of excitement about Jack Robinson's ability to throw the ball a long way. <laughs> it's the, it's, it's, it is a new weapon, though. We've never had it. I actually, funnily enough, uh, I, I, uh, someone posted something that we're on Owls Talk and, and said, all Sheffield United do is play for set pieces on long throwings. This was a couple of weeks back. And I was like, we've mm-hmm. never done a long throw. What are they on about? Now, all of a sudden, he's probably watching the game saying, yep, yeah, told you. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. But honestly, it's just come out of nowhere and it, and it works. You know, it's, I, I'm no, I, have, I can understand the Arsenal fans on the view from a lot of them saying they like Stoke City. And people got quite offended by that. I don't think, we were, I think we were a bit more like Stoke City yesterday, to be honest. But I don't think that's a bad thing. It's good to mix it up. Well, it's a good. You know, Stoke were kryptonite for Arsenal for years. Yes, this is it. And Arsenal. I mean, I'm just, the biggest disappointment for me yesterday is we didn't get more goals against that appalling defence. Yeah. I think, uh, on another day, you get three or four goals if you if your confidence levels are a bit better. But I think, for instance, you know, I I don't mind if we're playing Arsenal. Right, get the ball in the box, throw it in. Just win the game. It's not going to work against Burnley. You're not going to play it every week. So I have no problems with it. 
Yeah, uh, and, and this is, um, I mean, this can almost dovetail together, really. The other person I want to talk about is McBurney, mm. um, who also did really well in this game. But yeah, Robinson's long throws, I mean, yeah, it's, I guess it is useful to have that extra weapon, I suppose, but I, I don't know, I don't know how effective it's going to be against most teams, if you know what I mean. Otherwise, I think we might have, you know, Robinson's played every game so far. I yeah. feel like we might have seen it, you know, we've seen the long throws, but we haven't really seen much come out of it apart no, from no, yesterday. I, agree. I think Arsenal's the perfect opposition for like I said someone like Burnley even Man United like Maguire at the back and people think they've got big tall players I don't think it'll work against teams like that but you know your Arsenal's and, and even Norwich and you know teams like that will struggle at the back yeah get yeah. it in yeah indeed um, I guess yeah there's sort of the other side of that is we uh, and you mentioned this last week we're not the most physically imposing dominant no. side either which obviously Stoke City very much were and that's why yeah. you know one of the reasons why Dilap's long throws were so effective because yeah McBurney really did make hay yesterday but mm. other than that we're not hugely physical are we you know, we've seen but... McBurney get bullied out of games many a time haven't we to be fair exactly, uh, yeah. so I don't think it's something we can rely on but it's good to have you know last minute of a game we've never we've not had it before you know if we're no. losing 1-0 get a throw in get Robinson on it just lob it in there Get it in mixer. Get it in box. Yeah, let's get Blackwell <laughs> back as a assistant <laughs> manager. Yeah, it's very very apt that uh, Blackwell is indeed back in football now with uh, is, with yeah. Warnock. Uh, someone told me a stat yesterday. He's going on a tangent here, but Warnock's won every single one of his first games at a club. <laughs> Holy cow! Really? <laughs> but apparently so. I mean, I'm not. I can't start check that myself. I'm not start that check that myself, but. That's what I got told yesterday. So that's that's a lot of clubs. I hope it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, as to Robinson's non-throwing abilities, I thought it was a really good game for him again. Um, yeah, he got forward know, more as well. He did. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know, we mentioned him having that that shot in the uh, you know the kind of first ten minutes or so. Uh, he was the one that put in the cross from open play uh, that Basham headed wide. A couple of other good crossfield balls and just generally stepping forward. You know. he... It's getting game time, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, this is entirely new, as we've talked about for him, and it, it does take time to to learn our system and to become good at it. And mm. yeah, he, he looks he looks a you know a decent backup. I think you know I think if we're starting him for thirty eight games, that's that's a problem. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks um, you know four games in. I wrote it down. He he looks like an average backup, which sounds bad, but he's good. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, we we need we need a lot more of that. Uh, like I was loads quite of positions. At how much criticism I saw him get after the Man United game? Uh, because I thought we were all pretty poor there, and it's Man United yeah. for a start. I think in the other games he's been fine. I mean Newcastle yeah. again, it, it wasn't a great display, but no one were. I think it's harsh to pick Jack Robinson out. We know yeah. we're losing an attacking sense with him, but I don't think he's done much wrong. No, I mean we we need fine players for a lot of positions next season, and by by that I mean someone who can come in and be fine. You know, I would say we yeah. need we need another right wing back because Kieran Freeman's leaving, and he probably wasn't the answer anyway. Is we Kieran need... Freeman definitely leaving? Uh, he's on the release list. Is he on the release list? Because we were talking about this yesterday, and I couldn't remember if you were on it or not. Yeah, he is on the release list. Obviously, with a contract extension to the end of this season. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because I weren't sure because when he brought him on, I was like, "Is he leaving?" I forgot if he's leaving or not. But yeah. Um... I did wonder where to talk about that, but let's we'll talk about it at the end of the season. I think the whole who's, yeah. who's leaving and we can yeah, be a yeah, more yeah. comprehensive about it. Um, but yeah, I would say we need a you know we need some players who can do the job that Jack Robinson's done at right wing back, at right centre back, middle centre back, arguably goalkeeper, possibly in central midfield on the right and the left as well. In terms of 
you know, players who can come in and do a good enough job for like seven or eight games a season. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't. And you know, with respect to Jagielka, Kieran Freeman, I think the last few weeks have shown that they're not the answer. They're not the backup answer that we need going forward. I don't think so. Um, yeah, Robinson. I thought uh, I thought good stuff. Basically, you know, you can yeah. sort of sort of point fingers a little bit for the goal. I thought, but yeah, overall, um, yeah, a viable backup, which is nice to have. And uh, yeah, the throw-ins are uh, you know a nice little bonus, I suppose. I mean, I don't think you would get in the team on the strength of being able to take a good long throw-in, but it's kind of a, a nice to have, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I don't mind it. Like I said, I don't mind that at all. Indeed, and yeah, so it looks a good pickup from Nottingham Forest. Anyway, I like I like players that just give you a bit of value for not much of expenditure. To be honest, yeah, without being yeah. a without being a superstar, and that's what he is. Uh, McBurney obviously mm. was a player of significant expenditure, um, and you know I feel as the break has not done his reputation good. I don't think because I feel like he was doing really well up until the pandemic. You know, he wasn't scoring many goals, but just looked a really good forward for us. Um, and then you know, I think people have kind of forgotten all that to an extent. Uh, and then you know, yeah, was... I'm glad you've put that up because I, I was going to mention that myself that people do seem to have forgot how good he was for that what four or five games before the lockdown. Yeah, I guess it's because you can't point back and go, well, he got the winner in that game, he's got an equalizer yeah. in that yeah, one, yeah. etc. You know, it's well, it's kind of harder to remember those things, I suppose. Um, it was fantastic against Man City, for instance, in that game when he played up front with Shaw. West Ham, he got the winner, obviously. Nor- mm. uh, Norwich, uh, sorry, Brighton, they were arguably the best player on the park, and they missed a good chance, to be fair. But how old is he, McBurner? 24, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, I-, I think he's getting a lot of stick, probably because of the, the-, the fee and the lack of goals. Mm. I think there's a good, decent player in there. He needs to strengthen. There's a lot of stuff he needs to work on. But, yeah, I think he gets a lot of undue stick. Yeah, I mean the thing with the price tag. I mean, I, I sort of hate myself for bringing it up there, but it was a useful it was a useful segue. So, mm. uh, so I went with it. Um, you know, he that's not his fault that we decided to pay twenty million for him. You know, we didn't decide. Uh, he didn't decide that, no. that was the fee. So, yeah, I, I, I just think, think it is what people do in it. It's same yeah. with Berger, isn't it? You know, Berger coming from. Uh, Norway on a three million pound deal. I think people have been like so a lot more lenient with them than they have been and said, "Oh, yeah. you know, give him chance to get in and stuff." But for us, the big big transfer fees. So people are going to expect stuff, and you know, it's it's they might be big transfer fee, but compared to I think Wilder mentioned this yesterday. Actually, compared to the rest of the league, they're not. They're still minnows. Yeah, indeed. Uh, McBurney, yeah, caused uh, caused havoc from set pieces yesterday. They, you know, Arsenal really couldn't. Could defend him, and I think Sabalas at one point just just resorted to shoving him. Basically, like wasn't even looking at the ball, was he? Just, yeah. just launching himself into McBurney instead. Um, you know, some good bits where he drops into midfield as well, and um, you know, sort of picks it up on the turn and and has a run and stuff like that. You know, a couple of moments he could could have done a little bit better with, and you know, it's always it's always annoying that he can't. He, I don't think he had. A, I'm not sure he had a shot at all, actually. No. Um, he certainly... had a header, didn't he, from a throw-in, actually? Oh, that's right. Yeah, flick header in the second half. Yeah, uh, he had two shots apparently. Oh, the second one was. Um, I think it was a bit of a. I think it might have been another long throw actually, but it was kind of uh, kind of blocked in front of the keeper. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but overall, uh, yeah, probably is uh, one of his better showings of the season. I think so since he signed for us. Um, the the only criticism I can level at him was that McManaman kept calling him Mac Burney and it was doing my head in. Don't know whether you noticed that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do that now. <laughs> it's one of them where when you notice it, you can't unnotice it. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. I noticed it very early. 
Yeah, Stephen Manaman was horrific yesterday. Um, oh god, yeah. I, it's just, <laughs> just trying not to stitch myself up here, aware that I'm just rambling on. But <laughs> a man that just you know talks so much and says so little, like probably say that about me as well um <laughs> but it's just like you're a co-commentator just you don't have to narrate every single event like shut up and then he they were really harsh towards both sides in a way actually i thought first off we weren't they were going jeffrey united need more he i don't think he's seen us play i really do not think he's seen us play this season no well he they have him for he probably just watches every liverpool game to be fair they have him they have him yeah. commentating on every liverpool game we actually i actually enjoy him more commentating on Liverpool as at least he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, there was that I mean he was he was really angling for us to uh just you know <laughs> ditch any form of football and just launch it to Mac Burney. Was, the one point where he was like saying why don't they get a couple of strikers on? Just go for it. It's like what five strikers? <laughs> <laughs> no boy who are you gonna take off? No defenders. It was just insane what we were coming out with. Yeah. The the thing that made me almost well, I don't know, just pick up something and throw it in my television was um it was after we had a chance in the first half, and he, he basically just said, "Like, just do this more. Like, just, oh, that, just, just be good. Just yeah. do a goal." I mentioned <laughs> so that. I watching it with. I said, "Like, because I think he went to the toilet that bit." Because Manaman just honestly just said, "Just try and score." Basically, <laughs> like, just the worst <laughs> bit of punditry I've ever heard. Oh, it's terrible. And I, while we're talking about this. I don't know why they thought it'd be interesting to talk about Aubameyang warming up for 15 minutes and whether he was going to come on or not. Like, there's a game going on. It's actually quite a good game, and it's in the balance. Why are you talking about what Aubameyang's doing? Like, he's just like, oh, look at him. He's looking at the bench. He doesn't look happy. Oh, he's gone by. I don't care. No, I don't. I suppose Arsenal fans don't really care. If you kept, if you're doing that about Billy Sharp for 10 minutes, you'd be saying like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was yeah, that was the other thing I was saying. Like, you gotta, you gotta go for it. You gotta get sharp on. Like, well, with respect to sharp, he's not gonna create a goal out of nothing, is he? Like, yeah. and that's kind of what we need at the moment. So, oh, yeah, it was. They sound like they sound. I mean, I like Darren Fletcher all my. I, I thought he was really good on five live actually when he used to come mm. from there. And he's so obviously he's just doing the commentary. I thought, but Manaman, do you know that the, the bloke behind you in a pub who don't know anything about football? <laughs> just like, get another striker on, get fourteen strikers on. Like, we made all the subs, mate. What are you on about? <laughs> yeah, <all> sorts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about subs. Actually, uh, someone tweeted us this the other day that uh, we obviously, you obviously have the opportunity to use five subs, but we've not actually done it yet. In uh, in all our games, I mean, somebody one s two about this between two certain posters. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, big big the, seven page row about it. Someone says he's making a point uh, because obviously <laughs> they want the the subs, and other people are saying you know it'll be detrimental to how we play making five subs. Right. Okay. So yeah, the the person who tweeted this did say like maybe he forgot that uh, that we could make extra because we only made three against Newcastle. I think that's that is the we made four against Villa. I think. Um, yeah, we did. Or, yeah, or yeah. maybe four against Manu. I can't remember. But uh, an injury though against Villa. Slightly, I can't. I might be wrong with that. Mm, I can't actually remember. Um, let me just make sure I've got my facts right here because I'm pretty sure we made four. Yeah, Musa, McGoldrick, Freeman, um, Berger. Yeah, it would have been four. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, we we have not used five. I think in Newcastle, like. You know, I was looking at that and I was like, well, you know, that's probably a case where you just chuck Osborne on for five minutes or Rodwell or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, just just save some legs. Like, why not? You've got another game coming up in a few days. Yeah. Against Man U, you know, I would kind of get why we... Uh, excuse me, against Newcastle, you know, kind of get why we didn't chuck Moose on because... What's the uh, point? Man yeah. U, yeah, Man U coming up, that kind of thing. Yesterday, uh, four subs, I believe. 
three, I think. Three, sorry, yes, yeah. you're right, yeah, three. Um, only one, uh, one of which was obviously enforced in Berger. And I would say the... I mean, they said Baldock is not injured, but um, I don't know, that, that felt more of a fitness substitution to me it, putting it Freeman wasn't on anywhere near how he has been and whether it's might not necessarily be an injury but he, he just didn't look quite at it and I, I i wasn't that i was yeah slightly surprised that he, mm. he came off but not when he when he did come off i was like well yeah to be honest he's not done anything from an attacking sense and we're losing one nil yeah it was, it was a bit eyebrow raising for me mm. um that was your first tactical yeah, substitution yeah. If, if that's what it was but yeah I mean the sort of mitigating factor I have for Baldock not getting forward um, Basham didn't either and as it happens I think their left side is quite good Arsenal attacking wise anyway yeah. uh, yeah. Tierney and, uh, and Saka coming down the left you can sort of sort of see why they might not want to do that Basham only had six touches in the opposition half actually of which one was basically in the centre circle, so not down the right-hand side. And this is where um, the criticism comes in, where, you know, I've seen people say, well, we weren't that good, and we're not, we're not, it wasn't a, an old United performance, you know, early, well, when we were on his peak, what would you say, November time, something like that? But, yeah, around that Man United uh, game. Yeah, right? playing Man United off the park for first half and stuff like that, and it wasn't that sort of performance, but it was better, and I think that's where the encouragement comes from. Yeah, indeed. So with the subs, I mean... I think I imagine actually having made three. I think we were probably possibly holding on for extra time. Like, do we need these? Um, I know you get an extra sub in extra time. Yeah. Um, but then I think we we'd made three individual subs, hadn't we? So we'd actually. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, look. When oh Sharp yeah. Come... So you can only make one more. Yeah. You can. I mean, the counter argument is like, well, why not bring someone else on with Sharp? But I think I think you get to a point where it's detrimental in terms of like messing up our shape. If you you know. You know, if you're suddenly making four or five changes, then maybe we don't get the grip on the game that we did yesterday. I think it's which... easy to say when you've lost, and I think I don't think anything yeah. would have changed. Let's say we'd have brought Osborne on for Stevens. You could argue that he's got fresher legs. He might have stopped the goal. I, I don't see it, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it is in those games where you're three 0 down. I think it is a bit like, why aren't we saving legs? Like, yeah, yeah, there's there's no real reason to keep I don't know player X out there right now if you've got a you know, reasonable backup, but the game's dead. You know, it doesn't yeah. really make much difference if you lose three nil or four nil, or you know, three one and four nil, for example. So, yeah, but yesterday, that is that to me was like, I think we just played the game, uh, like from a tactical point of view. I think we did things right, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, mm. I'm fine with not burning those substitutions just for the sake of using them. No, so. I don't think they'd have made too much of a difference. I do think Osborne's been unlucky overall not to get a minute. Mm, yeah, I'm, I am surprised at that. Um, we, yeah, especially right. Stevens's form, but yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, well, Wilder did say in his interview afterwards. Uh, he said a couple of players are having a bit of a problem with. Uh, I think he said we'd like their belief, self belief, self confidence. Mm-hmm. Who do you think? Uh, who do you think's referring to there? I think he meant flag because he mentioned about thirty seconds later. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> something along the lines of like, uh, I mean, John Flight with that final pass. That's you know, so something along the lines of like, that's what I'm talking about when people are. You know, full of themselves at the moment. I think mm. it's got to be Fleck and Stevens, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Which is, you know, so you've kind of uh, alluded to before. You know, that is that does hamstring you a bit when that's like a core part of your side, that yeah. left hand side that they link together. It's it's hard to carry that, and I get that as the okay. reason why maybe Luke Freeman should be playing. But I have uh, yeah, I, I mean, have faith in Fleck. We don't have the backup of like a, a any other club really, other than maybe yeah. possibly Norwich, even West Ham and people like that. You could. 
look at their bench and say, well, he'd probably get in our team and, you know, all this sort of stuff. So mm. it's difficult. It really is difficult. Uh, but it is a huge thing for us. It is two players. I mean, we haven't lost them as such, but we've lost the form of them who, who are massive for us. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, particularly with Fleck, I, I expect him to keep improving over the yeah. last couple of games. So, yeah, it would be good to see indeed. Uh, just a, a final note on this before we uh, move on and give out our alternative man of the match. What did you make of the Bramall Lane experience? Both, uh, uh, both how it was set up and the, I guess, the feeling of seeing it and not being there. I didn't like it. <laughs> mm. I, th- I didn't like sort of... I looked at the Leeds game, for instance, Leeds following. I thought they did really well. You know, the cardboard cutouts and stuff, it looked quite good. Man United were fantastic. I don't think we... I'm not bothered, really, about the cardboard cutouts and all this sort of stuff. But what I didn't like is just not being there and feeling mm. like I was watching a game down the road, you know, like yeah. an hour walk from my house. I'm like, wow, it's an FA Cup quarterfinal. And I think one of the things that helped with not... It didn't feel... I don't, you might disagree, but I don't think it felt like a quarterfinal defeat. No... No, not because really. Winning I mean, the it's... game to get to Wembley, and you're thinking, "Wow!" I think that just loses everything, doesn't it? You know, winning a winning a game and going to Wembley and knowing you're not going to be there. I think it's a bit tragic, to be honest. You know, but we're not a Chelsea or a Man City who who get there every year or every other yeah. year. It's a once what every decade thing that we we get to Wembley or something like that. And to have that and not be there, that definitely there was definitely something. I wanted to win the game, but there was definitely something in me where I thought. It's going to be a bit sad, really, getting to the semi-final at Wembley. And watching us get absolutely hammered by Man City. Watching us get outplayed on a massive pitch by which it would be Man City, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, but not that, just the fans. I mean, at least if we'd have gone, if we'd have got to the semi-final with fans, we'd have had an amazing day out. And it'd have been like, well, this is almost like the the, the crowning, not, not achievement of the season, but what a season we've had. And it's ended yeah. at Wembley. That would have been yeah. fantastic. And we, we weren't going to get that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I, when he did the sort of overhead shot of Bramall Lane and Sheffield, that was uh, that was a bit of a pang. I won't lie, just in terms of like, ah, mm. crap. <laughs> like, mm. not just not just football, but you know everything you can see the pubs and you know just thinking like this is that's the route I would walk from like if I come from the station, like met my dad or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've you know I've been through Sheffield. Sorry if this is getting a bit uh, melancholy. I've been through. I've been <laughs> through town centre. <laughs> <laughs> Sad piano music starts in the background. I've been through town a few times, uh, running and stuff, run past the lane and things like that. But just I think just seeing it in use for football rather than it just being stood there dormant, it was quite a. Yeah, it was. It was. It was sad. I, it, it made me more sad than I was expecting it to. To be honest. Um, yeah, as to the sort of. No cutouts or anything like that. I'm all right with that. I don't, you know, it looks a bit minimalist, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, like no. a League Cup game, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, we only open a couple of stands. Yeah, yeah. indeed. I can't. I gotta say, I can't say that once the game started, I was sat there going like, "This is weird." Like, no, you know, no, where no. are the fans no. or anything like that? Um, so that's that's good from a fan watching experience. That, and we play uh, it better, so hopefully. Home comforts yes. and all that. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, a good start after three terrible away games, I suppose. Mm. Um, right, let's let's move on to our alternative man of the match, brought to you by the Demblades Fanzine, sponsor of this podcast. Uh, we've obviously talked at some length about players that we think were in contention for actual man of the match awards 
but this is somebody who we uh, we think deserves some recognition that they may not get. Who who do you want to nominate this week? Uh, it's, I've gone for something we've talked about, and it's it's they do get the recognition. I think even more so now, and it's the fans, uh, not just United fans, fans of football. I genuinely genuinely believe we win that game yesterday with a with a full Bron line. I don't know if you agree with that, or you think I'm just being a bit sort of too uh, obvious, or um, but I just think. It was an FA Cup quarter-final, and normally I, don't, I wake up, and it really hit, hit me actually more than other games so far. It's, I woke up Sunday morning, FA Cup quarter-final, one o'clock, you know, we win this, we've got a Wembley semi-finals of the FA Cup, and I, I just it was just a bit low-key. Mm. And I think even if I'd not been going to the game, let's say I'd missed out on a ticket for whatever reason, or, you know, working and couldn't see it, just the excitement and knowing that everyone's talking about it and, and Bram Elena had been buzzing and... I just sort of, I don't know, yesterday it didn't feel like a massive game and it was a massive game. Yeah, it was just another game to me, really. Yeah, um, and, that, and that, I think if we'd have had fans back, you know, let's say uh, they'd never gone away, we could have had them in and stuff. I think everyone's talking about that for sort of three days before saying, this is going to be amazing, you know, FA Cup well, final of Arsenal, we know how flaky Arsenal are. It's always a good atmosphere against them anyway. Yeah, well, particularly if, uh, you know, conditions were normal and say we just had those three results mm. and, you know, kind of slipped out, <laughs> so stupid, slipped out of contention for the Champions League spots. You know, everyone everyone would have been like, this is our season right here, this one game. It would have been, yeah, an, an unbelievable atmosphere, I think. And yeah, I, I do, I really do think it would have uh, potentially swung the game. I think a few things definitely would have gone differently. So I, I yeah, really do believe we'd have won that game. I, I think that, as you said, with the the penalty incident and stuff, would he have dared give it? I don't know. I, I really don't know. It was obviously a soft pen. I don't know if yeah. he's got a full Bramal Lane there, you know, breathing down. Rio Ferdinand said it after, didn't he? Something along the lines of, which were wrong from Rio Ferdinand, to be fair. He said, oh, they've really missed the crowd of Bramal Lane. It's like, well, we haven't played a Bramal Lane, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was the other thing, uh, that was the other thing that Manaman said, actually, that, uh, we might be helped by not having a crowd there because our confidence will be so low or something. I was like, you have absolutely no yeah. idea. Yeah. That was in like the first five minutes or something. Yeah, I, like, yeah. just, uh, I just, why can't I turn you off? I don't yeah, want to yeah. talk about But I just think, I mean, it's. I knew it would be worse, a worse experience without the fans. I knew that. I, I'm quite taken aback at how much it has affected me. Just watching other games as well, even with the fake crowd noise and stuff. You see players score... And they just sort of they they want to run to the crowd, don't they? Because they sort of stop themselves and like oh, just a couple of you know handshakes or whatever. Uh, but I thought yesterday was the first time all season, probably because it was the first home game and we come back. Uh, first time since we've like since the lockdown where I thought, oh, you know, just bring back the fans. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, it's a, a really good nominee. I don't think I can top that. I have two uh, two wind related nominees and. Uh, <laughs> I was just doing meteorologically rather than uh, gastronomically. Yeah. Um, Dean Henderson almost got himself on the score sheet. Oh, yes, of course, <laughs> yeah. With, with an 80-yard volley from his hands. Poor oh, you, the commentator said Chris Wilder shout, I'd do that more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard it as well. I heard him say it. Yeah, do it again or whatever, yeah. It was uh, it was brilliant, yeah. Just, I mean, it was so obvious. I don't know about you, but just as soon as he kicked it, I was like, "That's a goal. That's going to for a goal See? kick." And, and, and then, <laughs> then it became like, "This is going to be a shot on target." And I'm, I'm sort of like laughing to myself. Uh, um, oh, I don't know what the word is. Sort of sardonically, I guess, of like, "Oh, you know." We still haven't scored a blooming goal in looking like four games now. Like, yeah. wouldn't it be funny if a, a goalkeeper produces the best shot <laughs> of those games? Well, that Cooper um, as well, by the way. 
I'm sure he touched it. I'm sure he touched it. Oh, we won't man hungry. No, definitely goal kick. Like, no, he didn't. It's a corner. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I think our players saw that as well. You could hear him going nuts in the background. Yeah, Martinez, he definitely touched the bar, but he also was trying to touch the ball over. Like, you could see that because yeah. he, he suddenly panicked, didn't he? I think he um, he was like, yeah, it's fine. And suddenly it became less fine. Yeah. And actually, it did look like it was going to go in. But, yeah, good effort by Henderson. Not not quite deserving at the man of match. But, yeah, the other wind-related one was... Uh, Wilder and Radio Sheffield ploughing through an interview in an absolute <laughs> gale where yeah. I really thought the background was going to like collapse on him at some point. It was yeah. like some sort of peak Alan Partridge kind of moment, but <laughs> it all held firm. I was just sat there, I was watching again, like, why on earth are they doing this interview? And then realised you probably can't actually do it inside, can you, for, for health reasons? So, yeah, yeah, that'll be it. it. So obviously, all the, all the interviews now are uh, what, via Skype or whatever they use, and uh, and then obviously straight after a game, isn't it? Which is a bit weird, you know, like they are outside aren't they? in the pitch and the players are behind them warming down and stuff yeah yeah exactly um but i can't i can't overlook your uh, your fan nomination there football fans generally so if you're out there if you're listening to this you presumably are a football fan you you can help yourself to a, a small piece of this alternative man of the match award um that is brought to you by the Demblaze fanzine the small update on the fanzine as i mentioned last week it has been sent to the printers uh, it is waiting in the queue for their backlog to be fulfilled and they are confident that all subscribers will receive their copy in July and uh, good news July starts in just a couple of days so hopefully be with you very soon indeed uh, you can check out you check out the fanzine and pick up your copy at denblades.co.uk right let us finish off by talking about the next game Tottenham Hotspur at home um would have been a big game anyway, but I think is this like... I mean, I think European qualification can go down to eighth depending on who wins the Europa League and where that team finishes. Obviously, Manu and Wolves are still in the Europa League. Um, yeah. But I think this one, I think if we lose this, that's any any hope that we may have of finishing in the top seven probably goes, I think, because Spurs mm. would go four points above us with a win and there would be just six games left and... Given our fixtures, that's going to be tough to haul back, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, thoughts heading into Spurs? I'm more optimistic now than I was, uh, be, be, you know, before um, Sunday, yesterday. Uh, I think that it's going to be another difficult game. It's just, I, I will laugh because my mate would say, who have got next, Spurs? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just doesn't seem to get easier, does it? Uh, and then obviously Chelsea Wolves as well coming up. And, uh, mm-hmm. So, um, I think we can give them a game, definitely. And I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to it because I think the pressure's off to a, to a massive degree. It has been anyway, realistically, I think. But I think the pressure's off to, to a degree that, we're, you know, no one thinks we're going to do it again anymore, do they? No one really thinks we're a contender anymore. Yeah. And let's just get some good performances in. I'm looking forward to seeing us. If we play like we did on Sunday, uh, yeah, Sunday, I keep forgetting days again, uh, I'll enjoy it because I, I enjoyed that performance. Although it wasn't the most free-flowing, the best football we've played, it was a Sheffield United performance. And that's all I want to see again, to be honest. Yeah, I'm kind of similar. Um, you know, I think we can play well and still lose against Spurs because they are a very good team. Um, you know, they have some fantastic players. So, yeah, I kind of just, yeah, I just want to see us play well now. I think after that, you know, those those first three terrible performances and the, and the results that went with that that kind of knocked us down the league a little bit. I'm not going to be upset at all if we end up finishing mid-table as no. long as... It'd be, just... it'd be disappointing if we don't get, you know... If we finish 14th, I think that's probably the lowest we can finish realistically. I think Brighton are in 15th, aren't they? 
Are you sure we can't go down? Um, I don't, honestly. <laughs> Actually, on that note, we can't finish second bottom now. Boom, there because we go. Because West Ham and Villa are playing each other, and I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I think if either Watford or West Ham lose this weekend, or whenever they play next, even if we lose, we are definitely safe, I think. Excellent. I'd be disappointed. I think 14th is probably the lowest we can realistically finish. I think we're 10 points in front of Brighton in 15th. Um, and that'd be a big ask for them to catch. I mean, they could do it. They're on a decent run, but they've got a, a hard run in Brighton. They've got Man City and Man U still to play in Liverpool. So yeah. um, I think 14th is the lowest we can finish. And that'd be to take your, snatch your hand off. But it sounds a bit. I think we've been better than that. Yeah. I'd like us to finish at least, you know, 12th, 11th or something, proper mid table rather than lower mid table. Yeah. I think top half should be realistic. I know that yeah. sounds a bit. Sounds a little bit pessimistic but you know we are only what three points above 12th at the moment so mm. but yeah I just want to you know assuming we're not going to finish in like the top eight or something I just want the performances to be there and I want to yeah, see yeah I want to see more from Berger more from McBurney that we saw this weekend and yeah just uh yeah be be enjoyable basically give me give me a nice distraction for, from well I think although they were I mean again Rio Ferdinand the game today you could tell they were gutted after the match and stuff the players and I'm sure they were you know it's last minute goal and stuff but mm. I think the fans and the fans and the players I think are going to be pretty similar in this I think we're all a, heads are a bit higher aren't they now I think it, we, we, we realise that we're not we've not got we've not just got this second season syndrome thing that everyone keeps talking about or the next Huddersfield and stuff like that I don't think that's a performance of a team who's, who's going to be the next Huddersfield no and uh, yeah hopefully we'll see more of it in the coming weeks for sure I th- yeah I think it's, it's one of the least gutting 90, 90 second minute defeats I've experienced for sure and, uh, and I've seen probably... people to be fair I, mean, I agree with you completely but I have seen other people I watched in good Nick's video actually and he was saying it's most gutted he's been on season so obviously people have different outlooks on it. For me, there were a lot of things that made me not as bothered. One of them being that it was going to be horrible seeing as at Wembley and our fans had not been able to go. Another one was the performance was much better. And yeah. another one really is that I don't think, and this sounds really defeatist, but the idea of playing Man United or Man City at Wembley, oh, yeah, I'm not sure if we're in the right sort of right state to do that at the moment <laughs> yeah with the injuries and stuff yeah I, I do know what you mean I mean look Watford finished I think Watford finished 8th last season and lost 6-0 to City in yeah. the FA Cup final and... do we want to finish the season off of that no I don't know it would have been nice I'm, I'm not going to lie it would have been nice to get to an FA Cup final for uh, the first time in a very long time but I, I, I do also take your point um, Spurs uh, we have obviously just played our fourth game they have played two and uh, it yeah, will be nine. Fair, it will be nine days since their last game when they kick off against us. That's, that's like a long that. time. I mean, it is. It is in the current climate. It's a massively long time. I'm hoping that we've got a bit of extra fitness over them. But I thought that against Newcastle and what happened there. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I do. I do think that strays into that's too big a gap territory. Yeah, I mean, you know, that might very much you know, might be three 0 down after ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like the worst take ever. But you know, I'm not complaining about it. It's the price of us getting to the FA Cup quarterfinal. Of course, that's why we've played another mm-hmm. game. The the game in hand was obviously not our fault. That was down to Villa getting to their cup final. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, they, as it happens, they I, I looked this up. They are about to play four games in ten days themselves. It's just unfortunately we're game number one out of that stretch. So yeah, I, I no think fatigue. it's uh, it, it is. It's sort of uh, we've been sort of. Uh, hoisted by our own 
success, if you know what I mean. Like because True, we've yeah. had like sort of the, the cup run and everything like that, it would have been pretty nice to have a, a break of sales on it this weekend. But after everything that's happened uh, with the, the two three nil defeats and stuff, but yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? And I'm not going to lose any sleep again if we if as long as we play well and we put this you know the effort and we look like a Premier League side again. If we lose one nil to a dodgy goal, things are going against us at the moment, and I'm glad it's happening now rather than earlier on in the season and we came back after the lockdown and we were in a, a Villa situation, for instance. Oh, my Lord. The team's at the bottom. Oh, yeah. dear, oh, dear. Absol- well, I think it's three points from a combined 13 games for the bottom five. And they're really only hanging on in there because everyone else is completely inept. It's uh, Yeah, they've, both, they've all been terrible, but also quite fortunate that everyone's been terrible. I mean, that's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. That, that probably will become the... Most interesting remaining plot of the season, I suppose. Although the Champions all, League, I thought Watford would definitely win yesterday against Southampton, and they, they got they, Southampton looking really good to be fair at the moment. But um, yeah, they all five of them look doomed, and they can't all go down. So. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, for Spurs, obviously Son and Kane both back from injury. Um, I thought generally that team looked okay against Man United. They, mm. it was classic Mourinho. They sat back massively at one 0 yeah. They scored like a smash and grab goal, and then just completely sat off them and in the end a little bit fortunate to get away with a point when uh, yeah, yeah, they, were. they had a, a penalty correctly overturned by VAR yeah. I thought Man United but, were far better it's that second half that we just yeah. dominated that was like Man United against us to a certain degree mm, yes indeed um, I, I actually zoned out a bit watching the West Ham game because it was pretty boring but it was a it just looked a really comfortable 2-0 win for them so yeah. They've not been particularly. They've not been great, but they've you know they've come through those two games. They've obviously got more points than we have uh, mm. from those two games. Uh, and yeah, getting Son and Kane back is is huge. So yeah, it's uh, you know it's a, another another team that probably will have benefited from the break itself in terms of getting those two players back. And then I'd obviously love, they will be. I'd love to play. Me. Sorry, I'd love to play uh, a relegation team now. I know they've got more to play for mm. and stuff, but. I look at the fixtures and it's really they've got Chelsea and you know uh, uh, obviously Tottenham and then even things like Burnley and Southampton you know they're, they're good size I, I'd like to yeah. there's no easy game for us at all I mean obviously the last what two or three maybe not Wolves game is Wolves the last no Wolves is uh, after Burnley so Wolves right, is next, sorry, next yeah. Wednesday well, the last two is Everton and Southampton I think they'll, they'll be dead rubbers pretty much I think but it would have been nice to sort of have a have a say in the relegation battle, I think, you know, towards the end of the season. But yeah. we've got really tough running. Uh, Tottenham, Chelsea, Wolves, obviously Leicester as well. Forgot about them. I suppose we've uh, we've already had our say, haven't we? Really in the relegation. Yeah, thing, last, uh, you know. I think we've got the points on the board, and people might be disappointed. But I thought this run would have been difficult anyway. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's it's very feasible. We would have lost like three or four games in a row around this time anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like in normal circumstances, I mean, I I think we would have gone and probably beaten Villa, probably got a point at Newcastle, yeah. almost certainly would have lost at Man United. Uh, might have won yesterday, I think, under normal conditions. Spurs at home is going to be really difficult. Wolves at home will be really difficult. Chelsea the same. Leicester away, and then yeah, as you say, Everton, Southampton, good teams, nothing to play for. Yeah, don't know how that's going to go. So, yeah. It's, it sounds really like, oh, I'm so happy at losing football games. It's like <laughs> I, I don't care about the team doing well. But it's it's just, I think it's, I think what it is, is I've seen a lot of people like ready to write off next season on the basis of three bad performances this yeah. season. And so my kind of counter to that is, 
if we play well in this next patch of the season, I'm not so bothered about results because I think that is a good predictor of, or an encouraging predictor, I would say, of how we will be next season, assuming, yeah. you know, assuming we start that season with a shortened preseason with no fans in the stadium, which all seems very likely to be honest. So, yeah, that's that's why I'm placing greater emphasis on performances over results right now because we're completely safe. You know, it's not like it's not like Villa and Norwich and stuff where they don't care if they play terribly for the next seven games. They just want to win games. Yeah, they don't yeah. care how it happens. Totally. For us, it's for us, it's kind of the opposite. Or certainly for me, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, winning, you know, I winning makes everything feel better. I, sure. I, I saw someone saying, "Oh, uh, Thursday's the biggest game in the club's history." And it's like, oh god. I do understand the disappointment in the sense that we all came back raring to go win, win against Villa we're going to the Champions League places and all this sort yeah. of stuff and it's very quickly died and we're very quickly got out of the FA Cup so it's understandable but as Wilder said yesterday I think everyone if you haven't listened to it listen to his interview I thought it was spot on perspective is needed and it's easy to sort of say yeah but expectations have changed and stuff but expectations have changed because we've done unbelievably far, far better than anyone thought we ever would. So the expectations yeah. have changed, but they've, they've, they've probably changed a bit unrealistically because of how unrealistically good we have been doing. Yeah, indeed. And uh, yeah, this was uh, this game was you know frustrating to lose, but a step back to normality, I think. Hopefully we continue along that path on Thursday against uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, any final thoughts, mate? No, I think that's it. Looking forward to Thursday, actually, now. Really, like I said, the pressure's off a little bit. It's the first game I think I'm going to be on this season where I've got no sort of proper nerves, if that makes sense. Mm. I feel like yeah, I'm looking there's... forward to it. Yeah, there's not really... I mean, you know, the Man U game, I was kind of mentally ready to... You know, I figured that would be yeah. like... We're just, you know, we're just going to have to sit and enjoy this. Sort of that one, now, to be honest. That's fair, yeah. I mean, you know, it could happen against Spurs, but... It's not like, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like that big a deal, to be honest. I, re- I really hope O'Connell's back. I said this on the last one. Like, I'm fascinated to see how we look when O'Connell plays. I knew he's gone to Liverpool. Not gone to Villa. No, not gone to Villa now. It's Liverpool, Man United, swap deal for Henderson. I've seen it all. So. <laughs> swap deal for Henderson. Yeah, swap deal wow. for Henderson. This is a good one. Though. Swap deal for Henderson plus 30 million coming our way, which would make our collar worth about 100 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, are you taking that deal? Oh, yeah. I'd have that deal any day of the week, to be fair. I love our collar, obviously. But if you're getting... You know, we're getting Henderson basically for nothing there, aren't we? <laughs> so. Yeah. Damn good deal. Uh, I'll take that. <laughs> nice there we go no uh this obviously total nonsense that we're just spouting there don't uh, <laughs> yeah don't take that don't, seriously don't yeah. get too uh too negative or indeed too excited if you think that's incredible value for uh for jack o'connell yeah, um yeah. where can people find the view from arsenal and the forthcoming view from tottenham it's roysviewfrom.com or at panchero on twitter views are a bit down actually <laughs> <laughs> lately because of the bad results and stuff but the Arsenal one is yeah it's a bit spicier so uh, fair with the fans unbelievable fair with the fans of roysviewfrom.com I know they're not they're not they're just not they're not turning up anymore you know they're not two bad the, results and they're not interested <laughs> where are the Roy Ultras when you not need as it? bad as the Clough days where I used to get about 10 after like a 1-0 <laughs> defeat at home to Fleetwood <laughs> <laughs> oh dear right uh, enough talking about defeat uh, I would like us to get at least a point on Thursday but yeah please uh, please play well again please create some chances again like you did on Sunday 
Uh, Spurs, if you want to defend set pieces as badly as Arsenal did, I'll definitely take that as well. And uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Bring it on. Looking forward to it. Nice one, mate. Cheers, Thanks mate. as always for your time. I'll uh, I'll speak to you later. Yeah, see you later, mate. Cheers. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks very much to you for listening and downloading. And finally, thank you also to Beer52, sponsor of this podcast. A reminder, Beer52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to BlazePod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash BlazePod, sign up and cover just the $4.95 for postage. They will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. And these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries that are out there and deliver it straight to your door. They do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today. Get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the words beer and the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. Thank you.